Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On SEN, The Picks, with David King and Sam Edmund. Oh yes, with big thanks to Bluebet, welcome back to The Picks. We're on the eve of round 14, but we are not too far away from a decision on the most polarising tribunal case in recent memory with Adelaide's David McKay, currently up before the AFL judiciary. Sam Edmund with you here on a seismic Thursday night and ahead of a five-match round that gets started with a beauty tomorrow night down at the Cattery. And Essendon, this weekend, returns from its buy with the prize signature they had so dearly hoped for. Zach Merritt has gone from wanting to leave the club eight months ago to signing a mega six-year deal that makes him a bomber for life. Sheesh. And a big week of re-signings too, actually, given the Coleman medal leader Harry Mackay extended his stay at Carlton for another two years. But what a great pleasure it is to welcome this man back. Just a one-week sabbatical. North Melbourne's Bullet Gate halfback, two-time premiership star David King. Kingy! Sammy, good to be here with you, mate. How's your week, old boy? It's been a big week, hasn't it? I feel like this has gone for a fortnight, this uh, tribunal hearing. <laughs> Bit of news around. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, I'll tell you what it has done. It's attacked, it's attacked the, our passionate fan base, whether you agree with the decision or you don't. Right down the middle. They are, they are dead set split and they are not giving an inch either side of the argument. So we're following it with interest. It's underway, as I say, as we speak. We'll bring you the latest as our show unfolds here. But as I say, there's been some big news, probably the biggest news of all, I would have thought, Kingy. What's the biggest? And I used the word seismic earlier, but that definitely applies to this bit of news that I was told moments ago, is that Ringwood Nissen have re-engaged you as an ambassador. (laughs) Out there today. Went and saw the boys. Yep. Let's be honest, though. It's been a turbulent relationship, but we're back. (laughs) Ethan the Heff have taken a risky. Yeah, I mean, we talk about blokes. Zach Merritt. I'll tell you what, if you want, if you are looking a risk. for a little ring with Nissan, give me a call. <laughs> I'll sort something Does in. Does it take uh, unleaded or diesel? Uh, not sure. Okay. Zach Merritt, where do you sit with that on long term? That's a big one. That's Six a ripper. year banger. Hey, well done. Well done on getting the job done. Uh, this is, I, I hate when we break down every deal that happens, okay? Sometimes the market dictates what you've got to pay. Every club in the land would give this guy a long-term deal on a lot of cash. The key point is, he's a free agent. And that just goes... Bumps the price up. Plus, he had the whip hand, didn't he? I mean, Essendon, a club that has lost some big-name players, they had the cash at their disposal, and he's absolutely on fire on field. So he ticked all the boxes. He's a gun. Yep. Players of that calibre are hard to find and hard to replace. And who said the long-term... You ask Collingwood. Ask Collingwood if they'd want to revisit some of those decisions. Mm. And and the quick argument coming back will be, oh, well, they're at this point because of some of those salaries, which is fine. Brody Grundy. But to replace talent on field is, is incredibly difficult to do. Would you rather be absolutely bursting at the seams with your salary cap and on field... At your absolute best, yep. or would you rather purge a couple of players? And who said the long-term deal was dead post-COVID? We have Christian Petrakis on for seven, and now we got Zach Merritt for six. But two of the premier players in the competition. So, what did, what was the dollars the dollars component of the deal for Zach Merritt? Speculated mm. at north of eight eight fifty a year for the six years. Yeah, 
So a big one. Um, but he's well and truly worth it, of course. So as we are about each and every week here on the Picks course, Kingy tipping with a difference. All our, our lines set by our friends at Bluebet. The cheeky little Bluey back tonight. Slam dunk. Duncan McRae will join us uh, shortly. So we'll recap all that as well as the people's disaster that is oh. the people's multi. Oh, geez, the elephant in the room. Oh, oh. oh boy. To get to that. But we need to recap what's happened at the tribunal so far with David McKay uh, up before the AFL judiciary. And actually, that judiciary is the chair. Jeff Judice, the tribunal panel, Paul Williams, David Neitz, and Richard Loveridge. Gleeson, uh, obviously Jeff Gleeson acting for the AFL, has reaffirmed the AFL's grading of severe impact, high contact, and he's pushing for a three-week suspension. David McKay has spoken, and he has said, I thought I would get to the ball first for the whole period of time. At no stage did I take my eye off the ball, believing I was going to be first to it. That belief of mine at no point changed until there was a collision. Jeff Gleeson has cross-examined McKay and asked if at the point of collision his body was in the same position as it would be if he was bumping. McKay has responded, my arm is limp. I haven't tucked that in at all. At the point of impact, my hands are down to get the ball, which is not the position I'd be in to bump. And as we speak at the moment, Chris Sheedy's up on the stand. He's the Adelaide Data and Football Analyst. And he's pulled out uh, some software, some data that showed how far each player has ran to get the ball in dispute. And Adelaide's program showing Clark travelled 10.35 metres, Kingy, and McKay travelled 10.22 until the point of collision. Yeah, and that's the argument. We, we, we don't dispute any, anything of what David McKay is saying. Uh, it's just a matter of where we're going. Mm. Where are we going with the game? That, that's the discussion. And, not, and at the end of the day, you and I are going to argue this and, and everyone else can argue this as well. Everyone's had their say. No one's budging. So it doesn't matter where you start. Yep. You're not moving. But is this what we want in our game? Are we are we providing a duty of care for, for all players given that this is a workplace? That That's all I'll say. The AFLPA have weighed in too, King. They submitted that the league did not follow its own rules with the way it referred McKay, making a submission for the first time in seven years, the player, um, the player union. So... They're saying the AFL didn't follow their own rules. And I think they're, what they're referring to there is what's happened so far this year. And you only had to look back a night earlier with mm. Jager O'Meara on Will Hayward. Is If it's a football act and players are contesting the ball, they're deemed, quote-unquote, football accidents. And those players, even the Jared Harbrow one, which was on Michael Gibbons, was a brutal hit. Both Hayward and Gibbons concussed those players. No case to answer. So that's where I feel a bit of sympathy for David McKay. Yeah, I find it interesting when the Players Association get involved in these things. Hasn't happened for a while. No, but they, they argue for one party. that They represent both parties. I, I find that curious. I yep. mean, what, what are they saying about uh, Hunter Clark? Yeah, who's got three... Who's got his back? Three fractures in his jaw, There's nerve damage, horrible injuries. dental damage. And, and these things... You talk about dental damage. Confidence of a player can be shaken very easily. Sometimes these players are not the same after a collision like this. So that you know, this is a serious discussion. It's not. It's not as flippant as oh, the game's changed forever. And you know, the, we've made significant changes in the past. We we spent the previous fifteen minutes looking at Byron Pickett's hits. You went back through his back catalogue. Yeah, and we and we had to legislate that out of the game. So that was a that was a big shift from where we'd been. And the former players or the ex players say, oh, you can't you can't have that. You have got to leave that in the game. That's always been part of the game. But before the video came in, the trial by video, watching all behind places, blokes were able to square up with these hits and all sorts of stuff. So we've come a long way. Every decade there's been a big shift. This this just may be the shift that we need to have because world sport has changed. 
If Byron Pickett was playing today, he wouldn't be playing. And if Byron, you catch my drift. <laughs> Byron had the ability to have his hands dangling near the ball as well. Yeah. So there's still photos with Byron. They don't work either. <laughs> he, he had his hands lowering towards the ball, just, just cocking that shoulder so that he could lift. <laughs> and he knew how to Did he get you hit. training? He got everyone. <laughs> he didn't miss anyone. And look, so I don't, I don't believe the stills. You have to see this in real motion and you have to see it at the, at the decision-making speed of the players, yep. which, which I do have some sympathy for David McKay in this, this instance. Mm. But I do feel the game needs to make a change. Whether that's tonight is the only, is the only question I've got. Is it, is it the end of the year? Is it three years' time? Is it five years' time? What about Mitch Robinson today? Oh, <laughs> training. Mitch. He showed me this as well. What's happened at training with Mitch Robinson? Well, they're doing a training drill. It was, it was one of those handball drills where on the whistle you snap the goal. We've all done them. Speaking of collisions. Yep. Yeah. So Mitch snaps a goal on the left, and, of course, the boys, they go up, they give a big roar. It must have been the end of the drill. Adrenaline's pumping. Adrenaline's pumping. So he wraps around to the right. He sees the coach just standing there with his cap on, 59-year-old fags. Next week turns 60. Yeah. And he's, he's, he decided he's going to jump over him. He almost sort of gets there, but then he pulls him backwards basically onto the ground. Fags goes sprawling to the deck. <laughs> he hit not, the ground pretty hard, Fags. not how you treat your coach. He's lucky he didn't smash his head on the turf, oh, actually. Dennis would have been would have, a fair old Dennis story. Dennis would have delisted you if you did what, that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what if you did that to oh, Uncle Dennis? No, come on, son. <laughs> Only one village idiot here, son. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh yes. what's up? That, I'm, I'm lodging... I'm lodging a protest. That's What's this that, about? This is going to Des Gleeson. Last week on the picks, yeah. you asked me to send in one bit of audio just to apologise for not being here. Yeah. I said, I said, look, you be the judge. I sent in this and then we'll talk about what happened. My selection this week is the Cats. They will smash Port Adelaide on Thursday night and get us off to a flyer. Well, Nicky Dow was filling in for you. How do you reckon he went? So one thing, I've sent in one thing that was an hour after your show. This is what Dale went with. <laughs> Who do you think? Well, after saying all that, I'm going for Port. You're going for Port? I, you know what? I love Port. I, I love what they have. They just haven't been performing anywhere near where I think they are capable of. But I'm still bullish on them. Okay. I still like them. So I'm tipping Port tonight, even though everything that I just said says Geelong. Okay, so I've got a problem here. What's the problem? Well, it's under your name. But we, do you no. get credited with the tick or the cross? Well, two things. One, Dale will never replace me on this show again. <laughs> He, he has a line through him, and good evening, Del, if you're listening. But surely I get that selection. I think you do, to be honest. Okay. I'd so love to say you don't. I think we got four each last week. Yes, I think we did because we uh, – well, that means we basically tipped the same, did we not? We did. We pretty much did. So um, so that means you've got a two-stroke lead, I think, at the moment um, in our head-to-head tipping with a difference here all according to the line set by our friends at Bluebet. I keep saying I like to sort of, in the words of Paul Keating – Mate, because I want to do you slowly. I want to do you slowly. Now, I want that two-tip lead for the year if I can. We need to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Which is the people's multi. Now. What have you done? I've let the the team down again. But in my defence, I've I've tipped Sydney to beat Hawthorne. I mean, show me man, woman, child, beast. We've been through this. Mate, because I want to do you slowly. That's the wrong I one. Want to do you slowly. You're constantly complaining all the time. No, I'm not. No, you I've do. tipped. I've tipped. You make Sydney. a bad tip. You make oh, a bad winge, winge, <laughs> winge, winge, chopper. Mate, Sydney to beat Hawthorne. Winge, winge. 
Sydney to beat Hawthorne. Hey, get over it. You've let us down so many times. You know what? Uh, I'm, giving, I'm, fed I'm up. giving it a week off. I'm fed up. In the words of the Wealdstone Raider. <laughs> well, you want some? Huh? <laughs> if you want some, I'll give it you. I'll give it ya. I'll give it ya. I will give it ya. I'm sick to death <laughs> of you guy? playing hindsight hero here. I'll let everyone else go first. You want some? Duncan has a crack. Our loyal listeners have a crack. Yeah. You even go first. I'll tell you what. I and We're the gonna... gentleman, I go last. You you are very sporty in that in that fact. We're going to give it. We're going to manage it for a week. It's been managed. It's been managed. Give it one week off. Back next week. We got I, want, I need you to refresh, and you can go first next week. Emergency general meeting is there? Yeah. Well, Collingwood petition style. I saw Hutchie lurking at the back. He wants to have a chat with you. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this one. He's like, you me want down. some? They didn't even show up. I'll give it. You. That was unbelievable. Uh, well, you want some? <laughs> if you want some, I'll give it you. And I will give it you. If you keep poking me, all right, on that. Now, listen, the teams aren't too far away, of course. Maybe they're 10 or 15 minutes before we get our teams for round uh, 15. I'm really looking forward uh, to uh, tomorrow night's game between Geelong and the Western Bulldogs down at the Cattery, which thankfully, Kingy, will have some fans. We'll have some fans. Round 14, I said 15. Um, 7,000, uh, the better part of, will watch uh, members only, GMHBO Stadium. It'll be a cracking game between Geelong and the Western Bulldogs. So the team's not far away. We'll bring all them to you. But a man who's ready and on the line now, oh, yeah. and he joins us. Uh, yes. It'll be big thanks to Bluebet. You can bet same game multis with Bluebet. Download the apps today. Gamble responsibly. You can give them a buzz. 1-800-858-858. The slam dunk. Duncan McRae. Welcome, Dunk. Good evening, boys. How are we? Hey, we're, well, look, we're going okay. Kingy and I have got our issues at the moment, but uh, people's multis just going to have a little uh, sabbatical. Uh, it's going to be managed this week, but uh, no fault of yours, Dunk. You've been on fire this year. Well, I've got more issues than the early explorers, boys. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish picking winners was my only problem. Okay. Well, you're pretty good at that, though, I might add. Geelong and the Western Bulldogs open the round, I mentioned, tomorrow night. Absolute whopper down at GMHBA Stadium. What's the market doing there, Dunk? Yeah, yeah, boys, the blue bet punters are all over the caps here. Under $1.62 in the head-to-head. 2.30 with seven and a half starts for the Bulldogs. So all the money for the Cats back at home at the Cattery. All right, oh, no surprises oh. there, David. I wouldn't have thought. No. Uh, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide. What's that one telling you, Dunk? Yeah, well, sums are two eighty-five in the head-to-head, boys. Port at $1.42. 14 and a half for the Suns, uh, start for the Suns. Good money for Port Adelaide in the head-to-head, boys. They've been 148 into $1.42. Well, I know that Kingy's got his issues with the Suns. We might flesh them out a little yes, bit I later have. on, uh, Kingy, in terms of uh, yes. who's taking the field and who isn't. Uh, North Melbourne, they get the Ooh. Brisbane uh, Lions down in Hobart. Now, the line is a pretty big one, a juicy one in favour of the Lions, actually, Dunk. Any money at all for North Melbourne in this one? Absolutely none, boys. They're friendless. 34 and a half the line I there. I tried, Kingy. 480 for Kingy's Kangaroos. $1.18 the Lions. Everything's through the Lions, oh. at the line and in the multi. Coming, so, off a, uh, coming off a draw, I thought they might have been a sneaky. Let me down a bit more gently next time, please, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, things, things can happen, boys. Things can happen. It's bloody brutal. All right, Dunk. The Blues are coming <laughs> uh, coming off the bye, a bye week in which a sweeping football review was made very public. And it started this week as well. Have they got a chance? Can they roll the Giants up there? Yeah, well, they're 240 into 230, boys. So the punters at Bluebet think they're a chance. $1.62 the Giants with eight and a half start for the Blues. Okay, very nice. And to close uh, the round out, two old rivals, Hawks and the Bombers move from the MCG down to uh, Launceston. Now, the Bombers haven't played in in uh, Tasmania since 1992 at North Hobart Oval. I don't think they've ever played in this part of the world, Launceston. So... 
Do the punters think they're a chance down there, Doug? They're obviously the better side, but is there any love for the Hawks? Yeah, well, the Hawks are two fifty outsiders, boys. Dollar fifty three, the Bombers with ten and a half start for Hawthorne, and uh, both teams have certainly covered some uh, caves on the uh, Iron Bird in the last couple of weeks. So uh, <laughs> a lot of travelling for both teams. They have indeed, uh, don't you? Been spectacular, Blue Bet. You can bet same game multis with Blue Bet. Download the apps today, and as always. Gamble responsibly via 1-800-858-858. Dunk, you'll just freshen yourself up nicely while we give the people's uh, multi a little buy this week. I can know I can back you in for next week. You'll be back with a vengeance. Thanks a lot for joining us, mate. I'll do my boss. Thanks, boys. Thank you. There you go, Duncan McRae, the slam dunk. Joining us, Kingy, in the tribunal is uh, ongoing. David McKay fighting for his footballing freedom. The latest developments. Any updates? You know they've called the biomechanical, the biomechanics yeah. expert. It was only he a was of always going to come in. Wasn't he was he? always going to come in. What's his, his name, best work? What's he gone with? He's Dr. Robert Crowther. He's a senior lecturer at the University of South Australia, and they're discussing why McKay's right foot is off the ground at the point of impact. I know this has been yeah. an issue for some people. Did he leave the ground? Did he not? Well, the biomechanics expert, Dr. Crowther, has said it's a natural consequence of his running motion. And he's also gone on to say that McKay is decelerating as he enters the contest. Not accelerating, decelerating. How did he, how did he come up with that? Uh, don't know. And he says, in my, dream. in my opinion, McKay becomes airborne as a consequence of the collision. Not before the collision, but as a consequence of the collision, which I know a lot of people have had their say well, on this week. What, give me a ballpark sort of percentage on whether they've been successful in the past, the biomechanists. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Oh, I don't think they've got a great strike. Right? <laughs> I can't. Once you wheel out the biomechanist, I reckon you're reaching a little. <laughs> you reckon? I reckon well, you're got, in trouble. They've gone to him pretty early. I know. That's what worries me about the case. They've called him early. He's gone with decelerating. Yep. That's decelerating. Yep. And that uh, his right foot is off the ground as a natural consequence of his running motion. Right. Okay. We'll take a break here on the oh, pick. Sam Edmund, David King with you. The teams are not too far away. We'll bring you those. And we'll also keep an eye on the tribunal as well, which is well and truly in the thick of it. We'll be back right after this. On SEN, the picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Oh, yes, David McKay has spoken. The biomechanist is strutting his stuff, the tribunal. Oh, boy, we're up to our eyeballs in that at the moment, so we'll keep you abreast of the developments as David McKay uh, faces uh, a potential suspension for that polarising collision with uh, poor old Hunter Clark. He's going to miss a uh, better part of two months of football and possibly the rest of the season with that horrifically broken jaw. You're listening to The Pick, Sam Edmund, David King, with thanks to Bluebet. As always, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Kingy, the teams are in for the clash of the weekend, I think it's fair to say, at least on paper. Geelong and the Western Bulldogs down at the Cattery. There's some big team news here. So Cam Guthrie back from the shoulder, which is great news for the Cats, but making way for him is Sean Higgins. Managed, the club is saying. Now, managed off an eight-day break, mind you. So uh, he's being managed. Quinton Narkel remains the medical sub. So he's had 34 touches, 25 touches, and now has spent uh, – this will be his second week out of the side. He's out of contract at the end of the year, just signed the one-year uh, extension last year in November. Was on the trade table last year. He's got some real currency this year. I'd be going after him in a real hurry. But as far as the game is concerned, it's second versus third on the 40 Winks ladder. 40 Winks stock tax sale for up to 50% off store wide. The line, thanks to Bluebet, minus seven and a half in favour of the Cats. Well, it's a big story, isn't it? Higgins out of that team. Daniel Horn put on the radar this week. But via champion data, he is the worst kick in the competition. 
The worst I saw kick that. in the AFL competition. Did that surprise you? 10% below the standard uh, AFL average, which is balanced over 10 years for every kick you take. There's an accepted rating. And when you hit it, you go up. And when you miss it, you go down. So the soft kick sideways, 15 metres, don't count because every player hits those. So you've got to hit them 10 out of 10. It's the aggressive kicks that he's clearly missing. And he's been really poor in front of goals. So Horney nailed that on pure footy during the week. But when you look at this game specifically, let's have a look at the dogs. Okay, let's, everyone's talking about the cats. Before you get into the dogs, no ins at, uh, for the dogs. Riley West is the Medi sub. So rounds one to seven, clearly the toughest team in the competition, plus 22 contested possessions. But since then, round eight, they're pretty much break even. I think they're plus one contested possession on average. So that's a huge fall. And I know that Trelaw and, and Dunkley have, uh, have been out, so there's, there's an impact there. But, and they carried the can, and their wins and losses are still going along quite nicely. But... When you're looking at what, what's happening, so they're still winning a heap of clearance. They're not as damaging. Clearly, that's a talent issue with those two players in particular not being there. Mm. But the fact that they're winning less contested possession now really brings back the stocks in what you think the dogs are. I, I love who they will be when these players return, all that sort of thing. Their handball games dropped off. It was over 180 on average there for seven weeks. Uh, since then, it's down to below 160. So that's a big shift. So they're not owning the footy as much. So they're little things that when that's your strength area, when that's the, your area of dominance, you need to be able to maintain. So they're still doing a lot a lot right. Their forward half game's great. Um, but there's just a little bit less damage in some of the things that they're doing. So when, when you come up against the all-conquering Cats, we know what they're doing in the forward half. We've seen what the, the addition of, of uh, Cameron now working with Hawkins is doing. So I, I really love... Um, their ability to score when they go inside forward 50, the fact that Hawkins is still the mainstay one-on-one player deep and Cameron's almost a half-forward flanker working up the ground. I mean, he, he just torched Aliri last week. He couldn't go with him. He really couldn't go with him for the, the last sort of two-and-a-half quarters mm. and he exposed him. Um, Dangerfield will be better. Guthrie back in. You think that their midfield may even take control. I know when you look at the magnets and you, you think that, you know, when you think about the dogs, you think about the dogs of the first six or seven weeks question on whether that is the case right now. So that, that for me makes me think the Cats will win this and probably win it well. Joe's made a pretty good point off the temper text machine here. I don't know what you think about this, Kingy. Mitch Hannon needs to lock down on Tom Stewart tomorrow night, just as the Tigers did in the second half of last year's grand final. The two biggest ins for the Dogs this week are Ed Richards and Toby McLean, who will both play their first game for the season in the VFL tomorrow afternoon after recovering from long-term injuries. They are valued players in that football club. But what about Mitch Hannon on Tom yeah, Stewart? Well, like well done. Oh, look, I like these sort of uh, left-field suggestions and talking points. Stewart's a weapon. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's their most uh, dependable back backman, if you like, or one of their leaders down back. His positioning's always spot on. I, I always wonder why players try and try and lead off him or work off him. And he just he just basically stands where he thinks where the ball's going to land mm. or where the ball's going to go. Just stand with him. Don't try and outread him. Don't try and outsmart him. Just compete when the ball comes in. But th- they will challenge the dogs back six if there is a vulnerability that we keep talking about. Oh, he doesn't like that, the coach, Luke Beveridge. I know he oh, doesn't like Oh, he hey. bristles about that, David. Well, their way they defend is to deny the ball. Is that your phone in. ringing already? Hell <laughs> Beveridge? The way they deny, they help their back six is deny the opposition opportunity going in there. They're going to get that. On Friday night. They're going to get opportunity to catch. Let's have a look. Is this true, Brian and Dramana? Jeremy Cameron has never kicked goals against the Dogs and he won't again tomorrow night. Okay, Brian. Well, let's revisit that on Saturday morning. <laughs> um, I'll take your word for it. I hope you're right. Look, this will be a great game. A good contest. Yep. Two good teams. But I just think the Cats right now are in better form. Big game. Deserves a big chime. 
The line minus seven and a half in favour of the Cats. What are you yeah. thinking, David? No, I'm, I'm taking Cats to win by more than seven and a half. I could not agree more. So we are in unison. Off the text as we follow the tribunal. Can't believe how much David King has changed. Where during his career Change. he was a he was a maniac, running a hundred oh. miles an hour, get out of my way sort of footballer. Chops in Cheltenham. Chops. It's it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chops. It's because I couldn't change direction, Chops. Uh, no, look, the game's changed, though. This is the discussion, isn't it? Back mm. in, I mean, I, I saw some guys get nailed seriously hard. Byron Pickett, Glenn Archer, Mick Martin, Wayne Carey used to take marks. You know, they hit on Dean Ross years and years ago. That's, that's something we don't see often enough. You know, the, the game has changed, and I think for the better. It is unbelievable how everyone has dropped off the dogs. They've lost two games off the temper text. I don't think we're dropping off them. Not worried about the wins and losses. I'm worried about how they're playing. We just like the d- cats at home, I think, yeah. don't we? Oh, I like the cats the way the cats are playing. They're playing right now. They're playing better footy. It's as simple as that. Okay, next game: Gold Coast and Port Adelaide. I know you've had a bit to say about the Suns uh, this week. It must be said, David <laughs> King. This one is Saturday, one forty-five p.m. Metricon Stadium. We'll get to the teams in a moment. The line in favour of Port Adelaide, 14 and a half. Ooh. Gold Coast in, Sam Collins, Sam Day. Good in. So some big key position help there for the Suns. The outs, Caleb Graham's been omitted. Malcolm Rosas has been omitted as well. And uh, Corbett is, did you like that? Yeah, Rosas. Yeah. And Corbett is uh, the Medi sub from last week. Port Adelaide, the ins, uh, Woodcock and Bonner. And uh, have I got that right? In Woodcock, in Bonner, out Marshall. Well, yeah, wait, I'll get that right. That'll be right. That'll be right. You got knocked out last week, Mark. So, stand by. We'll get that knocked clarified. Knocked out early. Um, what do you, you've had a bit to say about the Suns. Well, you know, well, I did, I did have a bit, a bit of a go at them. Yep. I Why? Thought, I thought their pre-game. It, they looked, I thought they looked very unorganised in their preparation to the game against Fremantle last week when they had a half-back flanker in um, Markov running off the ground to be replaced by Bowes before the siren even went. Like, this is the last 30 seconds before the game's about to start. And then... Obviously, we saw the, the Matt Rowell, Shamozel, where he was on, where he was off, didn't yeah. know he was on, didn't know if he's in the midfield, didn't know if he's half forward. So, look, that's been followed up. The Suns rang me today, actually, and they just sort of said, look, this is a confusing um, messaging from the AFL official on the bench, which I didn't think he had that much pull. What? I think if he had, I thought if he had five players there, as long as they were named. Well, the team the, sheets get tabled. An hour and a half yep. earlier, that if that's in accordance with the, the starting lineup on the bench, that play on. But clearly there's some confusion between the Thursday night sheet and that sheet. I don't understand that. That doesn't sound uh, right. Uh, the Port Adelaide ins, lean it, sorry, lice it in the big in in the ruck. The outs are Woodcock, as we said, omitted Bonner, omitted Marshall, uh, injured given he's in the 12-day concussion period. So uh, Port Adelaide, what are you seeing there? Wow, the, the damage at clearance is, is, is absolutely fantastic. You know, they're, they're third best in the competition, average two and a half goals on their opponents, plus 15 points. And this is where they can... They can really put the Suns to the sword if they can get hold of them there. Most of their damage is at centre bounces. So that's sort of it's a real question mark for me when one of your strength areas is scoring from centre bounce because it, you can have those days where you don't score from there. They're more of a fluky opportunity, the centre bounce um, scoring profile. They're 11th at contested possession in the last six weeks. They're 14th at time in forward half. They've got a 7th-ranked defence, mm. an 8th-ranked attack. It, it's a so-so profile, the Port Adelaide profile right now. It's just an average profile. So their ladder position over the last few weeks probably inflates where we all have them. Right now, if you're looking just the last last block of four to six weeks, you'd say they're a you know seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth type uh, position on the ladder. So I want to see them bring their A game. I want to see what their A game is. What's their strength area right now mm. on the competition? Mm. 
not sure. Just the form of Boak and Wines has been outstanding. Um, yeah, the Rosie was terrific last week in oh. putting score on the board and just the way he does it. So outside of individual brilliance, what what is their what is their yeah. strength area? That's that's what I want to see. On the flip side, Took Miller's been awesome the last six to seven weeks. Um, I think he's the third highest rated midfielder in the competition in that uh, that time. So if Raoul can get going, don't waste him at half forward. Don't even don't even steer him near half it's forward. It's only his second game back. We've I want to see him. Just throw him in the middle. Just yep. put him back in familiar territory. He spent 25% of the game at half forward last week. That's just way too much. So 14 disposals last week. Let's see if he can break out back into the, the row we saw early last year and have a you know 25-plus game. Give Took Miller some support. And see if they can rattle the cage a little bit. I, I, I still think. Are we doing the tip now? Or yeah, tip? I, I think it's a shallow line, fourteen and a half. Where are you going? I'm going port. Clear more, it by more than fourteen yep. and a half. Yeah, I'm a little bit with it. It sounds under, doesn't it? it? Does sound under. I know it's a metric on stadium, but um, yeah, oh. they're not coming for. Mechanist has made way at the tribunal, and Jeff Gleeson's really got a head of steam up now yeah, for the gone? AFL. Oh. He's saying that there's a duty of care that players have, and Jeff Gleeson, I can quote him here, there's an obligation on every player to take care not to engage in contact that constitutes a reportable offence. There's been a lot of talk about contesting the ball. Contesting the ball is not a licence to cause serious injury to another player. It's long been the case that players might perform a reportable offence despite the fact they're contesting the ball. Well, that actually hasn't been the case this year, and we've seen it on multiple occasions. So... It's all playing out at the tribunal at the moment. And so we'll his read... exact wording was, it's not a licence to do what? Not a licence to cause serious injury to another player. It's long been the case. The players might perform a reportable offence despite the fact they're contesting the ball. Uh, he does go on to say as well, Jeff Gleeson, that uh, was it reasonable for him to run 20-plus metres to enter a contest at high speed, knowing that a player was coming towards him, wide open, vulnerable, this wasn't an accident in the sense it was unforeseen. It was quite foreseeable that if Mr. McKay sprinted the way he did and hurtled into Mr. Clark, he would bump into him front on at very high speed. You can be clearly satisfied about that. That was foreseeable. And then it was not only possible, it was likely that high contact would occur. Is that okay? Is that reasonable? So Jeff Gleeson, QC, the AFL representative, oh. getting a real head of steam up there. How are you scoring it? Giving you the tennis match type scores. Who's in front? In game. Who we got? Oh, I'm going Gleeson at the moment on on points. Not a knockout yet. 30-15? Yep. Um, well, maybe. We, we're still getting going. I want to hear back. I want to hear back from Cole Shaw. I'm concerned about the biomechanism being wheeled out so early. <laughs> he was, was wheeled he out really early, wasn't he? Very early. He's normally the steak knives <laughs> at the back He's just half. been torn apart. The, I thought, no way we'll see him before 7 o'clock. <laughs> He's just been torn it's off apart. the top. You're listening to the picks. Thanks to Bluebet. Way too early. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858. <laughs> Eight five eight, Kiggy's old mob. We'll dissect them next. North Melbourne have got Brisbane down at the other fortress they hold down there at uh, Blundstone Arena, Hobart. We'll dissect that after this. On SEN, the picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Ah, oh, great to have your company here on the picks. With thanks to Bluebet, gamble responsibly. Give them a buzz. One 858 Sam Edmund and David King working our way through round fourteen. With thanks to the cheeky. Little bluey blue bed, but raging along uh, while we're doing this, Kingy, is the AFL Tribunal with David McKay. And the final uh, submission, I suppose you would call it, is being made by Jeff Gleeson, who's still going down there. Yes. He's knocking him out of the park at the moment. His latest comments, so you ask, 
What was he to do, Jeff Gleeson says, acting on behalf of the AFL? What he was to do was do what reasonable players do all the time. Realise, only a fraction of time before the contest, it's not, unre- it's not reasonable for me to do this, and turn from trying to gather the ball to tap the ball or tackle the player. We see it all the time. Players stop short. It's not cowardice. It's not a lack of courage for the contest. The bravest players do it all the time. They recognise instinctively, I've got to stop here. I've got to change. To think otherwise is to give licence to spinal injuries. Whack. You know what? That's the that's the kicker for me. That, that's what I keep banging on about. And I'm getting hammered for it. And I understand there's no point, please, there's no point tweeting me any further on, <laughs> on concussion or spinal injuries. But how many is too many? How many is too many? That's my question. Oh, right? whinge, whinge, whinge. Oh, that's, that's how bad a lot now even disagreeing with me. <laughs> how bad am I going? I don't know Where's the protection was... in my workplace? I don't know if that was quite appropriate. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right one. <laughs> oh, whinge, whinge. Um, I tell you, that's funny. Oh, that's um, right. That's rattled me. So that's, that's hilarious. Uh, well, that, that is true, isn't it? Like this is what we're saying. You're going to have serious injury if you have clashes like this. We'll get to North Melbourne and Brisbane, but Andrew Colshaw, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, lawyer representing the Adelaide Crows, has just uh, opened up his closing submission as well. He says, what you have here is two players going full tilt at a loose ball and they get there four one-hundredths of a second apart. To put that into context, since 1980, there's been one 100-metre men's Olympic final decided by less than four one-hundredths of a second. To say that McKay was never going to get there is just garbage. This was a 50-50 ball and there is nothing unreasonable about a player going hell for leather at a 50-50 ball. We'll keep you uh, up to date with uh, the latest comments coming out of the AFL Tribunal, but we're getting down to the business end of that. North Melbourne and Brisbane, they do battle. It's been relocated. Marvel Stadium back down to Blundstone Arena in Hobart, North Melbourne's other home. And they've got a pretty handy in too. The defender, Luke McDonald, returns after a fair period of time out, which is good for them. Uh, Out, Lockie Young, he's been omitted. Taylor Garner is injured again. Gee, that ankle looked like it's... Did you see that? He came off and it looked like a, a balloon almost... Just instantaneously it, it blew up. It was yeah. amazing. So he can, he can get injured. He Taylor. can get injured. Taylor He's Garner mastered that. Brisbane's ins. James Madden uh, is back in the side. Dane Zorko, the captain, is suspended, and Ryan Lester is injured. Kingy, it's a big fat line in favour of the Lions. Was it thirty-four and a half? Oh, juicy line. In Tassie, the Kangas have been really strong. Yes. Really strong. I mean, they, they, they rocked uh, Melbourne for a while. They were a couple of goals in front there halfway through the third term before a couple of really clumsy errors uh, from the skipper. Yeah. And they, were, they should have beaten the Giants. There's no doubt about that. 28 up at the last change. 28 up at the last change. And doing it on the bit, really, and then just fell apart. The Giants lifted. We've got to give them some credit. So it's been a lapse. So can they, can they not have the 15 to 20-minute lapse this week or can they minimise that to 10 minutes or five minutes? I know they're a young group. I know they're working their way through some issues, but these kids are on the improve. I'm liking Zerhar at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Thomas, Taron Thomas. A lot of people want to fire a, a, a Taron Thomas. He, he is going really well. He's having a super season. Robbie Tarrant back as well. Tarrant, yeah, he needed the run, yep. I reckon, Robbie. Um but even aside from that, I look at what LDU's doing at the moment, taking some giant strides. Simpkins taking more control of that midfield. Cunnington is the one that just is – he's at the front of the, of the troops. He, he's at the front of the peloton. He's, he's taking all the breeze and just letting these young kids do what they should do in behind. So they come up against the Brisbane Lions that you – know, have, have they – 
have they improved? Have they gotten better? I, I look at their contested possession numbers. First, first seven weeks break even pretty much. Last since round eight onwards, top three in the competition plus eleven. They are seriously tough. Yeah, they beat you cold in your face. Jared Lyons is one serious hard man. Is yeah, he? what they, a player. They got a few of them now. This is the problem. They're, they're, they're really building. You know, their forward half game is enormous. Their ability to, to punish you when you give them the ball. So from stoppage, they're ranked fifteenth at winning clearances. But they punish you the second second um, purest in the competition. Intercepts ninth, but fourth at punish. So I'm big on that. Being able to get it on the scoreboard once you've won back or initially won the football is is the game for me at the moment. And Brisbane are right up there with that. Weather forecast: thirteen degree maximum shower or two, sixty percent chance, but only of zero to one mil. They're saying at the moment anyway. We know it can get particularly nasty down there with the wind whipping yeah, off the Derwent. So. It. The, the, the line, rather, thanks to the cheeky little Bluey, our friends at Bluebet, 34 and a half in favour of the Lions. I'm not having that. I think uh, they won't win by that much, so I'm going north to get within it. North could win this one. They could call it th- they will win an upset game before, yep. the, before the season's out. I'm a little bit with you. I'm going to stick with the Kangas to be within 34 points, so under the 34. Okay, Carlton, travel up to Sydney. Well, we think at this point anyway, obviously hoping all things stay under control with COVID. It's Saturday night, 7.25pm, Giants Stadium. The teams for the Giants, they've got Perryman back in, Phil Davis, the defender's back. Briggs is uh, in, out. Stein, Ash, omitted. Mummy, injured. O'Halloran omitted. He, he was injured or he injured <laughs> O'Halloran, did you say then? No, no, Mumford brackets injured. Right. I don't know whether he's been um, managed or, or whatnot, but Carlton in uh, Fogarty, Parks, and Matt Kennedy has been named the outs. Nunes, uh, last week's Medisub. Mark Murphy has been dropped. Ooh. Cottrell has been dropped. And Setterfield is injured. So Mark Murphy stranded at the moment on 295 games. He pushes for the 300. The line is eight and a half points in favour of the Giants at home, Kingy. Mark Murphy dropped. Dropped. That's uh, 295. You, you want to you get him there, don't you? You, yep. want, you want to get him there and get him there quickly. It's a big It's a big risk. Brian Royal got dropped on 199 games at the Dogs once. Did his Achilles in the reserves, never played a game. Oh. So... That, that's what you sort of sometimes can run into. So you've got to be very careful. I think it's important to get your stars to these significant milestones. Okay, he may not be in his, in his best form over the last 10 games, but he's played 295 games. So cut him some slack. God. All right, let's look at the Giants. Um, they're an interesting one, the Giants. You know, the form of Josh Kelly over the last six weeks has been outstanding. You know, we've talked a lot about the, the financial side of where he sits in the contract and all that stuff. But if you look at what he's doing on field, oh, I think he's doing uh, some fantastic work back in at centre bounce. Um, the only query for me, the only reason for the alarm bells is that most of their brilliance is still from stoppage. We talk about the intercept game being 60% of your score, if not more. You know, between the arcs, if you can win it back, it's 40% of your score. They really don't They really don't have a strong intercept game. I mean, they're minus 14 points since round eight, which is 17th in the competition. So that, that to me, says Carlton... Here's your chance. Here's your chance. So if Carlton, Carlton with the ball, I think are very good. Yep. But without the ball, they're awful. So this, to me, looks like two teams that are going to give opportunity both ways. So they're the sort of games Carlton like. Mm. They like a shootout. Yep. So Carlton, they've, they've coughed up 92 points against since round eight, which is AFL 15th. We know what they, we know what they're not. Okay, and only 38 points week in, week out from intercepts, which is AFL 16th. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why the the Giants should just win this game and win it well. But I think Carlton have got they've got a performance in them. 
They really have. All right, Kingy. Well, the line's eight and a half. Eight and a half. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. No, it's I'm, a shallow line. Yeah, I'm going with Carlton plus the eight and a half. Do you want the stink music? Play the music. Play the, the pick. Is the pick in? Yeah, I'm going blues. Oh, I'm going blues with you, no confidence whatsoever, you, and I might be a changed. sucker. I'm a you sucker changed. for punishment. All right. <laughs> I, need to, I need to compose myself. I need to compose myself. <laughs> we'll take a break. Yeah, you listen to the pick. Sam Edmund, David King, Hawthorne and Essendon still to come. The latest from the tribunal as well on the other side of this. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> on SEN, the picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Our great to have your company on a Thursday night. We'll bring you the latest from the AFL Tribunal in a moment. But our last game, Kingy, is Hawthorne and Essendon. It's on Sunday afternoon and it's down at Utah Stadium in Launceston at 3.20pm. Move from the MCG, the teams. Hawks, Inns, extended squads, of course. Connor Nash, Emerson Jacko, James Cousins, Lachlan Bramble, who will play his first game uh, AFL debut if he gets there. Tyler Brockman's back in, out. James Warple is suspended, we know that. And Harry Morrison has a hammy. Essendon's in, Zerk Thatcher, Devin Smith, Ned Cahill, Peter Wright, Sam Draper, Kingy. Yes. Sam Durham, a debutant if he gets across the line. Tom Cutler, Zach Reed. The outs. Agreed. They're just extended squads there. Yep, Zachary, who had the glandular fever, who just played the one game uh, earlier this year in Brisbane. The outs, uh, Aaron Francis has gone home for a, a break, a mental break from the game for mental health reasons. Uh, Waterman is out injured. McGrath, of course, is out injured. Uh, Zarakis is injured. And Ambrose has been omitted. The line is 10.5 in favour of the Bombers. Well, logic would say read for Francis. They play the same position, centre-half back. He, he's, he's quality, this guy. When they rate him. When you time. see him kick the ball, he is pure. He, he reminds me of Ben Reed yeah. for Collingwood. I mean, left foot of Ben Reed, but um, just just hits it perfectly. You know, you might lose a couple of one on ones whilst he's still young and under underdeveloped, but you're going to get a lot of joy seeing him use the footy. Hey, congratulations to Lachlan Bramble and his the debutant for the Hawks, the young boy from Williamstown, had to do it the hard way. So well done. Hope he goes really well. Had great success there. Their other debutant last week with 14 tackles. The the young fellow whose name escapes me, is it Mayabom? What was his name? The young fellow that came in last week? John Newcomb. John Newcomb. More he, tackles than possessions. More tackles than possessions. He was sensational. So I think that that's what we're talking about. So the, the Bombers are vulnerable at contested possession and clearance. Around the action, around the heat. And I know that we've talked a lot about you know, Merritt and, and Parrish and, and, and obviously McGrath over, over the course of the year. And that's, that's been a shift there, obviously, with injury. But they are gettable around the action. So if the Hawks can bring the same level of intensity and the same return from their midfield crew, they should get a fair look at this game. Okay? But on ball movement, the Bombers have got them. That, that's where they're threatening. Yep. That's why they're so strong. Everything they're doing in the forward half at the moment in terms of winning it back or winning at stoppage is going on the scoreboard. It's an improvement of two goals on the first two months of this season over the last six weeks of footy. Um the improvement of, of this forward line is something that I'm really tracking. This forward 50 is the second best forward 50 in the comp this year. Now, I don't think anyone recognises how good this forward group is working. Mm. So more supply, more of a midfield lift, and I think the Bombers are almost a complete outfit. So squads are hard to read at the moment, but if Draper does play, that's a significant in for the Bombers. I'm going Bombers. Who are you going? Bombers. Just because I love the way they play. Yep. Haven't played in Tasmania since 1992 Tassie, when they beat Fitzroy in a muddy scrap at uh, North Hobart Oval. I think Gary O'Donnell kicked a crucial goal that day. So that's the last time they played down there. I think they moved the ball well, though. So, so we've tipped the same. 
Sammy Hargraves is up next to the Sporting Capital. Who have the latest from the tribunal, Kingy, as soon as it happens? But Adelaide QC, Adelaide lawyer, yep. Andrew Colshaw, is just wrapping up his closing statement. And it's uh, based around the fact that what makes a complete mockery of the AFL's case, he says, is that you're saying he turned a bump. And he says, this is no bump. Look at the uh, shoulders not tucked in. The arm is limp. And he says, there's been a lot of discussion about this case changing the rules. That's not right. Rough conduct's always been there. Reasonableness is nothing new. But this case is trying to be a change of interpretation that happened overnight. And it's a change that happened without telling anybody. And that's where we're getting into the nitty-gritty with it, isn't it? Given the Fair precedent call. we've seen Fair this Fair call, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Sammy Hargraves will have what happens right up next with the Sporting Capital. So don't go anywhere. Great to have your company on the picks. Good luck to your team if they're playing this weekend. We'll see you back here next Thursday, 6 o'clock. I'll give it you. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.